Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And Andy Jacobs. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, we're very lucky to be joined with the earth healing currently in uh, in isolation, as, as we all are, humanity. Uh, Dave Angel, eco-warrior from The Far Show, popped up and told us about his uh, new career. Mm. Um, Steve we Nichol- were l- Sorry, Andy. Yeah. No, I say we were less lucky to be joined by the moose. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you can't you can't have all the luck. No, but the moose was he's, he's very good. He did gives us golden no, years, his fine. little quiz from his extensive program collection. Well, you're playing at home apparently. Um, we went on the road again to Russia, 2018. We took you back to uh, our trip to the England base at Rapino. Um, we had striker with uh, Steve Bruce Lash, uh, Ian Danter. And, <laughs> Lots uh, of bad living there. Yeah, and. Um, we had uh, Steve Nickel join us from the States, the Liverpool great, of course, uh, defender. And uh, he refocused on an old piece he did in 1984 and actually remembered a fair bit of it for reasons he explained, didn't he? He did. Um, and are we going to put in the Panini thing or not? Yeah, it's a nice little story, that. Yeah, Lovely yeah. story, like actually. It, yeah. uh, father okay. and daughter tale of sticker books. We'll bring you all of that, and here it all is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. Good afternoon, Paul. And uh, yes, I start with a bit of well, sort of sport. I've got a lot of sport. You made the point yesterday. You said to me, "You've got a lot of sport in your opening lines." I'm going, I've, well, got, I've got a, a bit of sport. sport for you. I've got sport. Oh, and Drake's bed. Sport. But we'll come on to Drake's bed. I'll do. Oh the sport yeah, Drake's. First. Drake's bed. Well, yes, Yuri Geller has been uh, talking about the uh, penalty in '96. Uh, Not Euro like him, 96. is it? He normally doesn't talk about <laughs> Not it much. Really. Yeah, he said, uh, I, I, later I realised I received thousands of hate letters from Scotland, and this is why I bought a Scottish island. I had to give something back. I don't know what that does for anybody. And he said, I get hundreds of emails every day, many from kids who ask me, oh, please, Mr. Geller, teach us how to bend a spoon. And they really? I Not Scottish kids. They tell him what to <laughs> no, do with his spoon, not. don't they, obviously, after he made the ball move for Gary Mack when he took 
the penalty against David Seaman, of course. That's, that he was in a helicopter hovering above. I mean, I'm sure you know this story. There can't be a person in the world that he hasn't told it to. He was hovering above the stadium. And through the power of, of, his, uh, of his mind, Uri managed to make the ball move just as Gary McAllister took the pen. And the rest of course, He did say he was going to do it, didn't he, on fantasy football? I think, I think he, the night before. He did, he did sort of he did mention say he he I think, To be fair to him. But yeah. uh, I might have mentioned this bloke before, but we're going to talk to uh, David Morrissey later about doing drama in this particular time. And yeah. it was an interesting piece about the, the lack of programmes and how they're going to have to try and make programmes. You made a point earlier, Paul, about, and you're sure you will with David, about actors being in separate places. And it's all right for radio, but it's much harder for for TV shows to do yeah. that. But uh, the head of BBC Drama is a chap, I may have mentioned it before, he's a chap called Piers Wenger. Talk about a hybrid of two people who hate each other. <laughs> Piers Morgan and Arsene Wenger. Piers <laughs> Wenger. He must be terrible at reviewing programmes. I did not see it. I did, yeah, didn't. that's right. He's, he's, uh, <laughs> his daily review show. He couldn't do the Mike Ward slot, could he? I've got some sport for you, Andy. Oh, please do. It's basically, I never realised saliva was so important in cricket until now because we've had two no. Heavyweights of the game coming out, <laughs> true. talking, talk gob, I mean, you might want to call it. Uh, first, Richard Hadley said, if you can't yeah. put saliva on one side of the ball for a bit of shine uh, and a, a bit of sideways movement, then maybe you've got to make the seam bigger, uh, the legendary New Zealand uh, all-rounder. So he's saying he's that they a should put a bigger seam on it. That's a, that's a possibility. Josh Hazelwood has come up with a nice idea, the Aussie <laughs> yeah. fast bowler. He says you should basically have a, a designated spitter. Every team should have one person, maybe a person who's who's had it and can't get it again, or certainly hasn't got it at the time. It's got to be somebody with immunity. There's no question. Yeah. You can't have, otherwise, they've got to be tested every session. But only ridiculous. basically, you so say you chuck the ball to the guy who puts the shine on the ball, puts a bit of saliva on it. He's mm. the only one, or she's the only one in the team that can do it when they play. But you never realise just the importance of a little bit of bit of spit in the world of cricket. It's true. There's a little picture of Sir Richard Hadley in this, and he, he basically is one of those men that looks... He's got the same style that he had yeah. all those years ago. Same moustache, same hair, except he's white. Yeah. He's <laughs> just like a white version Robin of himself. Robin Jackman's like that as well. He's just a, yeah, basically a grey-haired gray <laughs> version of exactly the same person. Yeah, it, that does work. It's, well it's, uh, now, Drake's bed, Andy. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's move oh, on Drake's to Drake's bed. bed. Yeah. I've got, oh, I had yeah. a fiver on Drake's bed in the 315 at Happy Valley <laughs> yesterday. But this Mom, is Drake, of course, the Canadian <laughs> superstar. Um, yes. He's bought not a bed, um, hmm. not, not in itself big news uh, in the current climate, but um, it, the mattress itself. Uh, we were going to get Irvin Mattress on, weren't we, the former Newcastle player? <laughs> Good idea. Uh, the mattress, the mattress <laughs> cost three hundred and four. always works, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, still, it, it, yeah. we know it's natural. Uh, three hundred and fourteen thousand yeah. pounds. Um, the bed yeah. he's got. This is just a mattress, three hundred and fourteen grand. The bed itself has got a whiskey and champagne bar built into the headboard. Fair enough, yeah. Come, who wakes up at three in the morning thinks, you know, I could do with a bottle of Dom Perignon? Uh, morning. morning. Yeah, that's exactly. A, that's a rhetorical question. Um, uh, yes. Sick, the, the bed took four people 600 hours to make. Uh, that's just, sorry, they're just a mattress. It's made of horse hair. Um, it's yeah. a Swedish company that makes it. And uh, he's got they can't the be very successful though, because it says in this piece, Drake is the know, only they sell three hundred and fourteen thousand pound mattresses. Andy, I'd say the markup's yeah. fairly hefty, wouldn't you? <laughs> but Not he says very he's the successful. Only, it's it. Well, it says he's the only person in the world to own the model. Yeah, but so you pay for the, the exclusivity. You know, he's no, not going to. They're not going to knock them out at the, at the back of uh, Costco, are they? Not for that sort of money. Uh, but not it's called the Grand Vividius, uh, and the bed apparently. 
makes you float. Well, I suppose after a bottle of whiskey and a bottle of uh, Dom Perignon, <laughs> you probably will. Now, let In me just end, give you some details, bed. Andy. The headboard, no. accentuate with antique mirror and uh, channel-tufted leather, encompasses a whiskey and champagne. Yeah, we know all that. And um, he got the actual designer... Uh, to create this uh, bed and mattress in his uh, home. But what a lovely touch. He's also got in his uh, a w- two-storey wardrobe just for his bags, 400 grand. <laughs> yeah, they're not bags. even his bags. They're, they're bags for a future Mrs. Drake. Oh, really? Apparently. So he's got bag space yeah. for the future Mrs. Drake. It's ridiculous. His first name's not Charlie, is it? No, or Ted. No, now, no, uh, you see Jose Mourinho has been helping to deliver fresh produce. Oh, that's very nice. That, yeah. uh, did he single out individual vegetables that weren't fresh enough? Just picked on one carrot. And a go on, yeah. Those that were slightly too plump. <laughs> he didn't like those. He, uh, that's, he, that's he, the one. he did really call those ones out. I did notice that. You see, there was a nice now little we, bit of footage. Yeah. Jamie Carragher's doing his, doing his bit up in Liverpool, door to door with people, for vulnerable people delivering food and everything, food parcels. And he knocked on the wrong door today. And all the bloke just sort of nods his head and kind of, cl- no, not me, mate, you've got the wrong door. Just, obviously an Evertonian or didn't recognise him or something. Well, we've run out of veg, so uh, if Jamie wants Karen, to carry us to pop car. over to our place. Uh, it shouldn't take you more than about, well, probably quite quickly. There's about three hours tops to get down to Andy and sort out his fruit and veg. And well done to uh, Captain now Colonel Tom. It's, it's tremendous, isn't it? Thirty million quid. It's unbelievable. Surely Major would have been better. Obviously Major Tom. That would have yeah. worked better. But they've decided to go with Colonel. But there is a letter. Honestly, I'll read this out. And it's not what I think, but it's the maddest letter ever written to the Daily Star. So when I when oh, I that say that, you'll post. know. Yeah. It's a low bar. Yeah. He says. This is from Ian. To be fair to the editor, he did admonish him. Right. He he says, is it just me or is anyone else else sick of Tom Moore? He's mumbled his way through the anthem that's got to number one. What a sad country this is. Mind you, there's been rubbish at the top of the charts for years. <laughs> I can't even it's Alan Zeitgeist so, from Hull, is it? It's a, it's a real negative. It's, I mean, sometimes I think I'm negative, but this, honestly, is yeah. the most negative letter I've ever seen. On a more positive nature, uh, oh, can yeah. we thank the good people at uh, Camden Breweries? Oh, yeah. Because um, they've done a very nice thing. They made a lovely beer, but they've, they've decided to bring out a brew, mm. especially all the proceeds go to the NHS. Yeah. It's called Heroes. And not only that, but they've been delivering, I understand they've been delivering it to hospitals and all NHS workers, healthcare workers, will get a free six-pack if they require. Which is oh, nice. that's very that's nice. nice. Well done, to do. uh, good people at Camden. They are they the sent official us three, beer so of the Gooners, aren't they? They are yeah. the official beer of the are Gooners. They? I think they yeah, are. Yeah, because the boss is a big fan of um, Arsenal. You know, of Arsenal. Oh, okay. well, but well I think we spoke then. to because we spoke to the Tottenham Brewery, didn't we? So we've, let's in the, in, in Beaver the interest Town. of fairness, Beaver Town. That's right. Planty's so there we go. lad, uh, Planty's lad, Logan. That's right. We spoke to him a while back, didn't we? Anyway, we move on, and we've got a theme for you. We've got a lovely bit of a theme oh, yes. tune. This one's got uh, added Des. Let's take you back to 1990, <laughs> just after the final. Get us all misty-eyed for uh, that World Cup. And uh, here's Des entering to a fairly well-known piece of classical music. Well, it's been a fascinating competition, apart from the final, probably. It's taken a month out of our lives. Actually, actually it's probably added a month to our lives. It's been our privilege at the BBC to know you've watched it all with us. We think it's all over, and it is now. Except, of course, for one more time, it's Q. Luciano.
the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. If you're a fan of the Fast Show, of course, you can now see a man in a trilby walking down the country lane and turning, uh, finger pointing. Well, that's the way it should work because uh, we're very fortunate now to talk about the earth healing itself uh, during lockdown in the company of uh, Eco Warrior from the Fast Show, Dave Angel. Dave, a very good afternoon. Hey, how are you doing, guys? You okay? Yeah, we're not too bad, Dave. As I said, this is this is uh, this is uh, for a man like yourself, of course, a man who cares deeply about the planet. This in in lockdown, we've seen we've seen the Earth healing itself. How what have you made of it all? Well, it's uh, it's a terrible time, and it's a beautiful time. You know, the Earth is recharging its batteries. The oceans are becoming more clear. The rivers, no traffic on the roads. Well, that's a bit of a nightmare for all my pals who drive black cabs. But it is a, a, an amazing time, and uh, you probably know, I no longer bang the drum from glo- for global warming, but I was the first person to realise the sun was getting a bit too hot. I was doing a booze run in Calais, my pano chocolate was drying up in my hand. It was so hot, the nodding dog in the backseat of my motor was lying down with his tongue out. But heavy is the head that wears the crown, and I've passed on the red-hot baton of global warming to the younger generation, Miss Greta Thunberg, and she's doing a beautiful job. Yeah, I mean, I was going to do it. You don't, you're not, I'm not, I wouldn't say jealous, <clears throat> Dave, but, you know, you have passed the baton. This is, you've not stolen your thunder, Greta Thunberg, no? Well, people will always jump on the bandwagon. A prophet is never recognised in his own country, you know. But, uh, of course, she, she can reach so many more people because she has the social media platforms. In my day... I used to stand on the platform at Harold Hill with a loud day and a shouting at people, telling them to put fires out, you know what I mean? But times have changed, and, and she's doing a great job. That's good, Dave. <laughs> now, you mentioned, uh, Dave, there, the, the, some of the positive things about lockdown in terms of the environment, and one of them is, of course, clearer skies at night. Are you, are you find yourself doing a lot of stargazing? Well, I have been outside... I'm at my ranch, as you know, in Chigwell. I've been out in a paddock with my Shirley. The other day it was full moon, and we lay there on that trail, and we did a bit of moon bathing, looking at the stars. She made me a lovely corned beef sandwich. We had a thermos of Rosie Lee, and we were very happy there. Uh, some of the birds came down and said hello to us. There was a lot of owls. We've had a resurgence of owls. In the Essex area. Yeah, well, that's good to hear. You're good you mentioned Shirley there. Of course, remembering the far show. She wasn't quite as committed uh, to uh, to sort of ecological matters, was she really? To, uh, Not really, no. And no. that's one of the other reasons Greta Thunberg's doing so well. She ain't married to Shirley. I mean, <laughs> I did have to explain a lot of stuff to Shirley, but she's never really understood it. And, uh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's my cross to bear. You know what I mean? But she's, but you know, Mother. I said to you the other day, Mother Earth is the most beautiful lady in the world, Jeez. apart from my wife Shirley. Wow, that's that's lovely. That's uh, that's beautiful. That's nice, the yeah. um, about you said you're not, you are an eco warrior. Well, you still are, but not not with maybe the same level of commitment because you have a new career. I understand, Dave. Yeah, well, I've got a new career. You're exactly right, and. Uh, 
I have now a trained therapist and I've opened the Ronnie O'Sullivan Memorial Romford Rehabilitation and Relaxation Centre. Nice. And we deal with, uh, you know, men's problems, depression. Uh, we do a bit of inner child monologuing. Um, all the problems that can beset men of my age, road rage, work rage, pub rage, football rage, rage rage, and of course getting out of the wrong side of bed rage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I suppose it's, you've been stopped in your track slightly at the, at the Ronnie O'Sullivan Centre because uh, because of lockdown, or are you, are you working from home? Are you doing stuff on Zoom? Yeah, I do plenty of stuff on Zoom. You know, once you've got over the fact that you look 30 years older... And and you and you're green. It's okay. I mean, no one looks good on Zoom, do they? Let's no, face it. Not, not really. It's a well, good Dave, point. Dave, it's been an absolute joy. Uh, it's been an absolute joy to talk to you uh, today. I understand in the great showbiz tradition, you are there with your friend, uh, actor and comedian Simon Day. Is is that right? <laughs> yeah, Dave's just gone. He's just left. Oh, I of course he's gone. And this is me. Uh, thank you and for doing that, Simon. That, that was uh, fun. It's, it's good fun. to talk to you. I've been following life during lockdown via your social media, which is always, which is always fun. How have you found? You're in with the family, I take it. Yeah, you know, I'm pretty lucky, really. We got the family, and we got a house, a little garden, and we got a little puppy just in time because we had our oh. dog next, but we got a new one, oh. which was great. So that she's really sweet. And, you know, we're doing stuff. We, we've done, uh, we just before, it was literally the last bit of filming, I think, in London. We filmed a far show 25-year um, thing. We, we did a lot of the characters, and there's some talking heads, and, you know, some of the old bits of film from the far show, and that's going to be on sometime, I think, in August. You know, obviously, they'd like to do it earlier, but with the scheduling, they can't, so... That's going to be on, uh, on I think, on gold, on, on gold. And we've really? also done it down. We've also, well, that's a secret. I can't talk about that. But uh, <laughs> we've done something else too. But yeah, I'm keeping busy. I'm doing more work now than when before lockdown. I don't know why. <laughs> One of the things you did before lockdown was uh, King Gary with Tom Davis. And I absolutely yeah. loved that series. I got more and more into it. I liked it the first time I watched it. But then by the end of the series, I absolutely loved it. There was something about the relationship between you, Gary's dad, and Big Gary and Little Gary that was really, really funny. Yeah, they, I mean, they're clever guys, those two, and they, and they, they, they always wanted to do a sort of a very mainstream sitcom, and, and he kept saying, yeah, you've got to play my, you're going to play my dad, you're just like my dad and all this, and I'm sort of terrified that his dad was going to turn up, his dad was going to turn up on set, but um, he never actually came down, but yeah, I think that's, that's, that's part of the dynamic of it is basically everyone has a go at Gary and, and he, he's, he's actually a bit like himself. Tom is very much like that. He's a big softy really and uh, he's a really lovely person and for all his sort of bluster and his height. I mean, it, it's just strange working with him because he's six foot seven or something. And I, I'm six foot two and I look tiny next to him. It's kind of really weird looking up at someone when they're your son too. You're trying to have a go at them. It's quite a strange dynamic but we're doing a Christmas special of that Hopefully, you know, God willing, uh, oh, yeah. it should be okay by then. I don't know. It's hard to say, isn't it? But Yeah, fingers crossed. The, uh, with a lot of people kind of getting big into sport and football nostalgia at the moment and picking their best ever teams, it was interesting a little while ago, you probably saw it, Simon, that old clip re-emerged of the far show with you and Paul and the gang 
picking your best England eleven. Uh, yeah, that was that's a great old clip. It I remember was... doing that. It was great. Yeah, it was so so old. It was. It was all Moro, wasn't it? And yeah. Adams. And... Yeah, I, I enjoy those things. I enjoy the things on Sky when they have a they have a sort of half hour about one player. Like what's the the one about Van Nistelrooy and uh, there's a Berbatov one, which I think was on either tonight or last night, wasn't it? On the, on, the, on 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 Talksport. Oh yeah, that's right. It was on. It's oh, yeah, yeah, downloaded. Yeah. Uh, Sam Matface chatting to Berbatov. It's very good, actually. So yeah, I recommend. Yeah, and he didn't play in the Champions League final, which is kind of you understand why, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Standing about, he's a classic old school sort of. It reminds me of all those kids with his sort of shirt sleeves down and no shin pads, and suddenly yeah. he scored three goals in the last minute. But if he doesn't score the three goals, he would have, he would have been the one getting the teacups, wouldn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. We he sort of famously did once. We're playing for Bulgaria, but what well, music's another big thing with you, isn't it? I mean, has yeah. this given you an opportunity to kind of dig out the old albums and stuff? Yeah, I've been doing a bit of that. I mean, I don't. I, I play a few CDs in, in the car, but the kids are the kids obviously take them off media. We've got Spotify, which which I, I must be doing something wrong. But if my daughter was listening to Billie Eilish, yeah, and I'm jogging listening to whoever it is, Bob Seger, suddenly Billy Eilish comes on my headphones. <laughs> I then stop panting and have to sit down. <laughs> uh, and I, there's obviously probably a way of doing it. We don't know how yet. But, um, yeah, I've, I've been sent... People put great uh, playlists on, on Twitter. Someone put a great one on the other day, which was a, sort of a, a strange playlist by um, Ichi Sakamoto, which is all sort of funny ambient stuff. It was very... Very interesting, but uh, yeah, I, I do listen to a lot of music. Not not quite up to Danny Baker's standards, but um, yeah, because I think he's got every record ever recorded in the yeah, world. I think you're probably right. Yeah, in purple vinyl. Yeah, <laughs> you um, you also um, have been doing a couple of characters on social media, including the poet Jeffrey Allerton. You've been putting some videos up, haven't you? Yeah, I love doing him, and people seem to like him, and. Um, uh, it's quite. Uh, it's actually the only sort of character I do. Actually, sort of ladies. I get a lot of sort of women of a certain age who like him, which is very rare for me because my stuff <laughs> tends to be quite sort of blokey. Um, and uh, you know, Dave Angel and Billy Bleach. So yeah, I like doing him. It's kind of. It's basically is a little bit of Alan, Alan Bennett, but slightly different. And uh, I enjoy doing him because he, he's a he's, he's a good character. I've got a few more poems, but it's try. I've got to keep getting them down to two minutes long, otherwise they won't go on Twitter. Oh. Okay, I didn't know that. Didn't know the time limit on clips. Oh, yes. I did it in words, yeah. but there we are. Okay. Probably, I probably yeah, again. Yeah. I, 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 there's probably a way of doing it which I haven't mastered yet. <laughs> your uh, your social media is fun. I've just seen one here. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya. You're replying to him. He says, "Won my first world title fight at 20 years old." Hashtag name this fight. <laughs> Seventh round TKO of Jim Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> He's not come back to you. <laughs> He'll come back to me. Yeah, you remember Jim Bowen? He was a good fight. We had Jim Bowen. We did a quiz show years ago. We had him on there. He was great enough. Uh, yeah. He was a lovely man. Oh, he was man. a good bloke. He was a great man. Yep. He was a lovely fella. Um, I Simon. think he got that show, didn't he? And he was basically, uh, this, uh, you know, this is a complete bit of luck doing this. And he just they keep recommissioning it. I don't have to do a lot. I just stand there and ask a few questions. But it was a very popular show, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. He had some great, as well, balls. I had some brilliant after-dinner stories from balls. He does a 25-minute um, monologue about uh, two brothers that were on the show. But, I, you know, sadly, he's, he's gone now. But it's out there somewhere, I'm sure. It's brilliant. He but did Simon, a big Coleman balls as well, didn't he? With oh, the, uh, the guy was unemployed. 
What did he say? He said, what did you do for a living? He said, I'm unemployed. He went, super, smashing great. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. When this is all over, and I mean properly over, yeah. I mean vaccine testing cure over, you know, then I'm going to throw. I want to throw a party for everybody that's been on the show and involved with the show because we've had so many great friends of the show really contribute and help. And I want to hold it in a quite a small room. Yeah, so we can all be together in a small room yeah, rather than looking at each other just, on a screen. It's a pretty good <laughs> chance most of them won't turn up either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, say so it'd be worse if you, you booked a big room and there was yeah. like. About four of us there, it'd be a bit bleak, wouldn't it, really? So, uh, that, 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 that's it'd be just, just the well. four of us, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, any, anything no, else you've noticed, uh, Andy, it's, by the way, it's today? Good. Oh, well, you know. I don't know what I did notice. I don't know if you saw that picture in the sun today of, uh, yeah. they do that very good on this day, uh, you know, and they, in 1982, have a look at the one that says, on this day, 1982, Roy Hodgson was sacked. Uh, lost his first job at Bristol City. There's something very odd about the photo. Roy's head is the same size, but his body seems to be like a third of the size of it is now. It's a really odd... I don't know if something went wrong with it. It's a very strange photo anyway, but... Uh, I think it was the way they... I think it's the way they trimmed it to get it onto the page. I, I did see it. It does look, it does look a bit, it does look a bit it's alien. Like he's only got those very narrow shoulders. Yeah, it, I <laughs> think it's just the way it's really. been trimmed. That's the well, you way know, no need to be personal, you know. Yeah, you know, and uh, a lovely two different stories. I've got a, a couple of examples of two different stories today. Yeah. Um, the star said Graham Walters is on course to become the oldest person to row solo across the Atlantic Ocean. Blah blah blah. And then it says in the Times, it says rower seventy-two falls five miles short of Atlantic record. Uh, Graham Walters had been expected to break the Guinness Book of Records, so he didn't actually do it. The star went early. 
he had to he had to give up it was a really unlucky he was about 20 minutes away I know, and he, he just, no, he's five miles away. That's what it was. He'd gone all the way across the Atlantic. And he just, by having to reroute, because he, I don't know exactly what happened. He got blown off course, that's right. Uh, it would have meant another five days of rowing, and he just didn't have it in him. He just, I can't, I can't go on. So, sadly, he only got as far as he did. But still, look, he raised money for help for heroes, and it was a tremendous achievement. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Me and Jacobs here on Talk Sport. Coming up in the second hour of the show, actor David Morrissey, big Liverpool fan, will uh, join us. Uh, we'll also be speaking to Deputy Chief Constable Mark Roberts. He's the football policing lead in this country and he's calling for neutral venues when football returns. But before all of that, um, joining us once again with his Golden Years quiz, it is Ian Abrahams, the Moose. Good afternoon, Ian. Good afternoon, Paul. Good afternoon, Andy. How are you? We're not too bad. I've been checking Good out your social media you. as we often do before you come on, and you have become <laughs> Mr. The, uh, TikTok. Mr. TikTok, haven't you? I mean, your daughters are kind of bullying you into making an even bigger fool of yourself every day, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, tell, tell me about. I, mean, I, I have no idea what TikTok is still, or or what, or, or quite why it's become so um, so popular. But yeah, you're right. I mean, every day my daughters sort of come up to me, "Daddy, are we do a TikTok with me?" And it, it started off. By just sort of me standing there, sort of aimlessly, sort of waving my arms and vaguely kind of dancing. Yesterday it was ramped up a little bit. I had to wear some kind of fluorescent bra and um, funny glasses while I mouthed along to something. And apparently my oldest daughter, Amber, this afternoon wants me to do a TikTok, which is about Mamma Mia. Um, So for that, I've got to to even dress up even worse, apparently. You've also been trying to get a ball in a bucket um, in your garden, a golf ball yeah. into a, a bucket from about, how many yards is it? I mean, it's sort of just about the edge of the green you're trying to chip in on. It's probably about sort of 20 foot, is it? Yeah, it's about, I don't know, 10, 15, 15 feet, yeah. And right. It's proving problematic. I mean, it, it is. The ball, the, uh, you know, the golf ball is only a certain size, but the bucket's quite big, but clearly not big enough. I might put some water in there because normally... My balls are magnetised to water, so I, I don't know. It's 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 not going well, put it that way. And I, I I thought I'd do it with four golf balls and, and finish off with a tennis ball. Tennis ball's quite big and quite mm. easy to get off the floor, but that that's even even more uh, problematic than getting the golf ball anywhere near the bucket. So uh, yeah, at the moment that's not going very well. And if it, if it stops raining, I'm going to go and record this afternoon's one sh- shortly. Now, you're very well known, Ian, some might even say famous for your uh, online social media greetings for all your friends in the world of football. Uh, happy birthday to John O'Shea. Have a great day, my friend. You know, the usual thing that you do. Glenn Hodges, mm. have a great day, my friend. Steve Holland, all those. But I see that you've also done happy 100th birthday, Captain Tom Moore. Have a great day, my friend. I didn't know that you knew the great captain, but I'd like to see a race between you and him around the garden. I reckon <laughs> that'd, be, that'd, be, that'd be close. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm, 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 I'm almost half his age, so does that mean I've got to give him a head start as well? <laughs> yeah, I still. No, yes, I think, I, be all right. I think he might be giving you a head start by the by the look. <laughs> so, Ian, let's go. Yeah. Let's crack on. Let's explain how this works. Then, your it's, it all comes from your extensive program collection. You wow us every time, and you give us. You, you don't know exactly, but the ballpark number of programs you have at home is what. It's about twenty, twenty-five thousand, and I've been wow. going through them. Obviously, more, more in lockdown. I've also found loads of 
like football magazines, mm. ones that you you would have worked on, Paul, and and other other sporting ones. I mean, last week we had a program from the uh, Ryder Cup in Valderrama. Yeah. Um, and you know, I've got some Super Bowl ones. I think that'd be too easy for Andy to get, to be honest. <laughs> um, I've got I've got some Grand National programs which I might. Uh, or some wow. brochures from the Grand National, so maybe we'll do that one year. But uh, I'm not sure your racing knowledge of who would be lining up in the Grand National that year. We could try that. We could try it one year. No, Today, I think we, I've we got... give it a go. I like, I don't, no, I'm getting fine. slightly worried that you keep saying one year. So I'm just, I do, you're expecting us to be doing this this time next year, Moose. It's very pessimistic. <laughs> I'm not sure how long this could go on for. Um, today we've got one program and one magazine. Magazines oh, okay. match weekly. We'll start with this. So you've got to guess the year, basically. Okay. Um, match weekly in front of me. Mm. It cost 25 pence. Right. Uh, Paul Whoa. Marin is on the front. So too is uh, John Richards, Frank Stapleton. Uh, the Leicester team pull out in the middle. Leicester are managed by um, by Jock Wallace. And on the back, this is the reason why I, I pulled this one out, actually. On the back, um, very apt this week. Obviously, we, we sadly lost Michael Robinson. Mm. And it's the, the, the Q&A that they did with Michael Robinson. It was at Brighton at the time. Uh, he was. I picked two things out here. Career after playing, he went for key cutter. Rather interestingly. <laughs> right. <laughs> <The end Yeah. laughs> a journalist. Personally, we'd most like to meet would be Ron Greenwood. Um, which again I thought was was quite quite amazing. Uh, inside mm. match facts was uh, obviously looking back on the previous weekend's football. Now Spurs lost two one at Leicester. Yeah. Smith and Buchanan scored for Leicester. Via scored for Spurs. Mm. Chelsea won three to Watford. Callahan right. and Bolton from the penalty spot for Watford. And Chelsea, all the goals in the second half here. Chelsea, two for Clive Walker and one for Colin Lee. Now, I might okay. be throwing you a little bit of a dummy on that one because they may not have been in the same division. Okay. okay. Before we go to the musical clue, you've got oh, two Oh, no, pounds. they weren't at that point. They weren't, I don't think. No, they weren't. <laughs> they got, they got, you've got two pounds if your question to a star was published. The star this week was Trevor Brooking. The question I picked out was uh, from Amanda Brown of uh, Norwich in Norfolk. Thanks for telling us where Norwich is. Uh, mm. When you retire playing, do you think you'll go into football management, she asked. And Trevor went, I doubt it. I doubt I'll stay in the game. A lot of players think about coaching when they leave football. Uh, it's only natural, but it's a very precarious occupation. Ooh. I'm going to now give you the musical clue to this year. Okay. Here we go. Mm. Right. Okay, you normally both write down the year. Who wants to go first? Well, I'll tell you what, I was, it's interesting. I was, Andy, okay. you're gonna, you can go I'm first. I'm going to go first. I'm going 1980. Yeah, I was about to say 1979. Charlie the Cabbie got in touch, uh, the talk sport listener. He went 1980. But, of course, now you've played Bubbles, the year that West Ham uh, won the FA Cup. I think it must be 1980. Correct. The match weekly <laughs> I've got in front of me is Saturday the 4th of October, 1980. So, yes, it was 1980. Well done on that one. Yeah, there we are. That's good. So, you both got that. Now, I'm expecting you both to get this one as well, Mm. but it's slightly more difficult. Um, The official programme I have in front of me cost £3.50. Right. It was for a final. And I'll name you some of the players taking part in the final. Mm. On one team, you had Dawson, Hancock, Smith, Lewis, and also Russell. And on the other side, you had Holloway, Burns, P. 
Pearson, Rose, and Caddick. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. There was a World Cup year, and a World Cup was held in this country. Right. And if you were named man of the match in the final, or you produced the magic moment of the final, you got an award called the Sir Laurie Constantine Award. And the four Leary. people who... Oh, sorry. The Sir Leary Constantine Award. Sorry about that. We obviously know what it is. And the four people who got it before uh, this final were Penny... Hussein, Grayson, and Flintoff. Right. So you must have got the sport by now. Yeah. It's Here's cricket. the music. It's cricket. Here's the musical clues of the year. Now, you're going to need to really know the teams here, aren't you, for the for the year. So, I'll give you the two captains. <clears throat> One was captained by Mark Elaine and the other by Jamie Cox. Okay, so Mark Elaine year? was Gloucester. Mark Elaine was Gloucester. Jamie Cox. Was he Somerset? Gloucester. Uh, it's hard, this. That is <laughs> a toughie, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to go. can't make it easy. Go on. 1986. 86. Paul? Um, I'm Vida Loca. Uh, I might have gone a bit later. Is it about 98? Okay, it was a NatWest Trophy final. Mm-hmm. It was Gloucestershire against Somerset. World Cup of cricket had just been held in this country and it was 1998. Nine. Oh, yeah, of course you said the World Cup had been held here, didn't oh, you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. One year out. Oh, well. Well, it's not it's close, but no cigar. Out. A bit like you trying to get that golf ball in the bucket, Moose. That's the thing. It's just, <laughs> it's either in or it's not. So I should have, I, I, yeah, the World Cup. The I can't remember who won, Andy. Who won, who won that? Gloucester or Summers? By the way, well done on getting the, on getting the teams, because I, I, I wasn't going to make it that easy by giving you the first names of the players. Or oh, I've absolutely. Because no, you the, didn't say what, as soon as Gloucester, you started saying Gloucester Caddick, I'm out, thinking, yeah, Caddick and everybody. I'm Caddick. thinking, who's that? Yeah, and then I realised, of course, you were talking about cricket. yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I was tra- it was out. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, I mean, as I said, I didn't, I didn't want to sort of... Listen, I've got football, cricket, I've got every kind of programme you can imagine. So um, I, I, I just thought I'd make it a little bit more difficult than the second one. The first one I thought was, was relatively easy, especially with, the, with your football knowledge and, and, and knowing which team, which divisions your teams were in at the time. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a little bit more difficult, but uh, the second one. Good Can stuff, I just Ruth? say I got Excellent. Mark Elaine out at Lords? Can I just mention that? Well, Did you that. really? <laughs> yeah, in a Bunbury game. On the okay. nursery ground, it, to be was fair. It, but... Was it caught at long on? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> Cheeky. So it's, <laughs> but it normally is. Every it's time funny, I've got a wicket off of Andy's bowling, I've been at long on. <laughs> it's, funny, it's, funny, it's funny you should mention that because... Because the Bunburys, because when I was looking through the uh, the cricket programs to get one uh, for today, this this NatWest Trophy final one, mm. um, I came across an evening with Ian Botham that I went to, hosted by David English. Oh, yeah. Oh, He's still doing the same gags. So Is he really? <laughs> That's yeah, true. That was, yeah. like, that was 1983. Oh, yeah, yeah blimey. That's <laughs> his up-to-date stuff. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. 
from TalkSport. We're dipping into the archive uh, during lockdown and taking you back on those little road trips from uh, the big tournaments we've been fortunate to go on with uh, TalkSport. We're going to head back to Russia 2018, St. Petersburg. I still believe it's the day after uh, we watch the hosts play Egypt. A, a great after we finished the show yesterday we mm. went down to Rapino it's quite a drive actually isn't yeah it? about 40 minutes 40 45 minutes and the weather are taking the turn for the worst pretty heavy yeah. rain and winds and uh, all the guys there I think because the journalists are holed up for five weeks things take on a sort of kind of different significance and they were all desperate for me to beat Eric Dyer they were desperate <laughs> they were three nil down to the England team three yeah. journalists down to the England team three nil and they they were said to me oh go on Andy practice you know go on please have a go you know you sure I what do you think might happen here? So let's have a look at the tail of the tape. So a 24-year-old athlete with 20-20 vision versus a 65-year-old bloke who can't even see the board. Eric, Eric <laughs> did admit, though, uh, growing up in Portugal, we've not had a chance to play a lot of darts. Culturally, it's not massive out there. No. So um, the pressure was on him to an extent because uh, on top of the leaderboard, three players have played three journalists. Uh, Jonathan Northcroft from the, uh, the Times, Sunday Times, he's not a bad darts player. He plays a bit in his local pub. Yeah. But he stepped up with Delhi Alley, and his game went a bit. The nerves well, they got all got to him. nervous. They said they were all very nervous. Yeah. Well, I'm not nervous because I'm not going to win. So I thought I'd play it for laughs. Suffice it to say, I got 180 less than 180. <laughs> That's the best way of putting it, I think. It was quite spectacular. <laughs> I like to, when I'm on holiday for TalkSport, I like to do my food diary. And oh, normally yeah. it, it contains things like Albert Roux's delicious roast beef and langoustines. Oh, yeah. Like that's in, indeed, yeah. It's always fantastic. But honestly, the last 36 hours have been... A t- Your food <laughs> diet's a corker. Talk us through it very briefly. Well, I'm basically on the 5-2 diet. That's yeah. five days of fasting and two days of eating. <laughs> <laughs> Three... Okay, this is what I had. Three stodgy cold dumplings, yeah, a, plate, a plate of nachos, yeah. a handful of pecans, yeah. some terrible tin soup, <laughs> at the, a, a plate of leather stroganoff <laughs> with overcooked veg with no nutritional value whatsoever, yeah. two hot dogs, a bowl of porridge. Honestly, the meal at five the, gold rings. Go on. The meal at the England Media Centre was quite simply amongst the five worst meals of my life. <laughs> it you, was, do you want to name the other four? What was the worst? <laughs> Can you remember that? Oh, okay. Reminded me of Eric's last name, Dyer. It really was <laughs> awful. There is a local restaurant there, yeah. though, in Rapino mm. called Stroganoff. I don't know what they serve there. I've got no idea. It's no. all, yeah. Well, what you got? It's like the pound shop. <laughs> the traffic in, in Russia is pretty bad in the big cities. It's yeah. pretty awful, really. And uh, you thought the traffic in Rapino was worse than it was in Moscow, but we were still in the car park. Yeah, I looked up <laughs> and I could just see this big van in front of us. And I thought it was a cue to get out of the car park. I thought it had reached, it had reached the Nadir. Yeah, really, the bad traffic in Russia. The uh, the yeah, our uh, fixer Ivan, who's done such a sterling job for the first two days. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's left us to go on holiday with his family to Belarus. I haven't got a problem with that. I have. I was a bit annoyed with him actually, <laughs> but uh, as I was sort of cursing him for going, yeah. he then turned around and presented us all with gifts. He did. We'd only known him two days. It was really sweet. Fridge actually. magnets. Well, no, love, no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not. Thought, I'm not I'm thought, thought that I counts. Only you'd look at it like that. <laughs> I'm very happy. I like a fridge magnet. <laughs> I do too. Uh, something else we've noticed. Oh, yeah. In 
in our hotel at breakfast every day here in St. Petersburg, uh, the, we thought there was a, a bird loose uh, in the <laughs> restaurant, didn't we? <laughs> because we could keep hearing this bird tweeting away. It often happens, doesn't it? It often happens. You go on a sort of Spanish holiday, uh, yeah. and then suddenly mm. there's a, a bird down there nicking your bacon. But So we're <laughs> waiting for this thing to swoop down or someone to start taking a broom to it and push it out of the window. But then we went from that to, to uh, a rainforest. <laughs> so it's clearly in effect, they think, what we really need yeah. in a St. Petersburg breakfast room is either a bird squawking away, or just, I was waiting for a lizard to jump down on the table next. It's, it's very that odd. breakfast, honestly, is yeah. so bad. The porridge... It's, the it's porridge. not... <laughs> honestly, you've got, snob. It's not snob, you've got no taste. Honestly. <laughs> if it's not the four seasons, it's not, not good <laughs> enough, is it, Andy? Your, your expectations are too you, high. You thought the porridge was too... Uh, what? Well, it was like, I felt like it was like the three bears. The consistency of the porridge has become the biggest talking point every morning, hasn't it? Yeah. Very thin yesterday, wasn't it? It was like, it was like water. Put it in a glass, never mind a bowl. It wasn't good. Now, uh, our producer, John Cadigan, is a man of quite slight build, oh, to yeah. say the least. And we were on the hands of a small child, <laughs> yes. as uh, Tommy Cockles used to say. <laughs> and we were sitting on the Metro yesterday, yeah. going to the match, and he was dwarfed by this massive Russian bloke. He was huge. Yeah. And uh, one point, John said to me, I think he's eyeing me up for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I yeah. thought I thought that's quite a nice idea. I thought if he did eat John, he tastes quite apply, because he does like a, an apple-based drink, either a cider or an apple juice. Do you think he'd have a hint of apple about it? I think he has got that a sounds, hint of apple that about it. That sounds quite nice. We did do this in Brazil. I don't think we want to return to it. But yeah. I, I don't know why we got on the subject of why if you ate the moose, what it would taste like. <laughs> but I, know, I think we possibly shouldn't return to that. There was uh, Actually, uh, against myself, really, uh, we've been given free travel, all the media, in uh, in. Moscow and St. Petersburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get a card, oh, obviously. hilarious. Oh, blimey. Now, what happens is, we, I should, <laughs> let me take this over, because <laughs> okay. Andy had just been, I can't, well, who, what, you were you'd slagging somebody off at that point. You were slagging something off at that point and ranting, railing against the world. It might have been Ivan world. going to Belarus. It I might think have it was, been. Yeah. I think it, it probably was, yeah. was. So we get to, and we all put our little St. Petersburg pass against the machines, and we all go through the barrier. But suddenly we hear this, it sounds like the, the, the sound from Psycho. You, know, <laughs> you can imagine a shower scene. So, of course, we all go through, mm. and then suddenly behind us we hear, eh, 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 and then Andy's kind of leaning forward with his, trying to get his, uh, his ticket to work. He tries again, eh, <laughs> and it's so loud. Everybody's looking. I'm like, we don't go to his aid because it's calmer, isn't it, after he's just slagging a bloke off for going on holiday with his family. So we leave him there three times. <laughs> so in the end, he manages to make his way halfway down the escalator. He said, it'd probably help if I used the pass for St. Petersburg and not Moscow. Great, isn't it? Brilliant. Goodness me. So there we are. Uh, we're back, and Andy's having a chat with his wife at the moment. I don't think he realised we were on air. But uh, don't worry about us, Andy. It's all over, mate. You're on air. You're broadcasting. No. Yeah, carry on. You're on air, Andy. Put your headphones on. We're back. We'd love you, love you having a chat with Sue there. It's fantastic. What can I tell you talking about? Since who would actually come to the door to deliver some soap? <laughs> Ridiculous conversation. I'm looking at him down house parties, chatting away with the wife. We're going to get the paper out in a minute. Have a cup of tea. Don't worry about me. I'll hold the fork. She's ordered this thing called colouring shampoo, and it's henna. So I think I might try some for a laugh. You want to see me look like Cesare Maldini? Yeah, yeah. What little hair you've got, make it jet black. Anyway, um, we're going to bring you. Yeah. Uh, that was fairly bizarre. I, yeah, karma does get to you in the end. You did have a few problems. The, the thing we always love, he does it at Cheltenham as well. Every year when we go, we turn up at Cheltenham <laughs> Station for the festival. We get off the train. 
And we say, Andy, you got your ticket. Oh, yeah, definitely got my ticket to get out the barrier because you have to put it in the barrier to get out the station, as you do at most stations. And we have that same dance where he goes through every pocket, every pocket, <laughs> every, pocket. every year. It's just, it's just so much part of the routine. I'm sure you're doing it on purpose now, just to keep, just to keep to the routine. Anyway, we'll go back. To, we'll go back to. Russia I should just say I've I've put on the group, our show group uh, the meal that we had in Rapino, just in case you think I was exaggerating. So yeah. if uh, Jamie would like to tweet that out, people can see what we actually ate. It was, in, it was just a plate of beige. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Let's bring you strong. Oh, yes. I, think, I think we Definitely. can. I think we can bring you the story so far. We have, uh, we have, I think we have sufficient time to do that. So this is, this is Steve Bruce's murder mystery, the fine book read by Ian Danter in the style of Steve. And this is where we're at in terms of the whodunit. I was with the chairman when the first editions of the Lettersford Inquirer were brought in. We were front page news. Whoever had wanted to harm Pat Duffy enough to kill him was also doing serious damage to the club. I've asked a member of the agency to prepare a statement for Steve, Bill said to Sir Lawrence, that was now ready to meet the throng. We went to one of the upstairs function rooms. We were met with a battery of flashbulbs such as I have never witnessed before. So there we are. Um, can Steve get himself out of the mess that he's in, having been uh, standing over the body of his star striker with a knife in his hand. Let's, uh, let's pick it up. Take it away, dance. All those flashbulbs, all those reporters, TV cameras, microphones in such a restricted place made me realise how intense public scrutiny really can be. I sat down at the prepared table with Sir Lawrence. Bill chose to sit to one side, away from the angle of cameras. He's my agent. He has no wish to share the limelight in any way. That's unusual. Sir Lawrence stood up. He's very assured when it comes to public speaking. It's an assurance I cannot match. Sure, I'm accustomed to interviews, but I never feel completely at ease. The commonly asked questions I can deal with, yet always in my mind this fear of the one that I cannot properly cope with, the one that would trip me up, make me express something indiscreet. And you can be sure that this will be the very remark that follows me like a zany for the rest of my career. Take a different and yet similar example from television. Many people have forgotten the triumphs of Brian Clough with Derby County and with Nottingham Forest. Hey, I wrote it properly that time, I didn't put knots. Well, there you go. And more still cannot remember him as a player, but most people have a memory from TV of Brian heading out at spectators who invaded the pitch. Some images seem indelible. They cannot be erased from the public's consciousness. The introduction was brief. He expressed total confidence in the first team coach. Then it was my turn to address the journalists. Like Sir Lawrence and everyone at the club, I regretted what had happened to Pat Duffy. We sent deepest condolences to his family and we would help them in whatever ways were possible in their hour of grief. We would assist the police to find the killer of Pat Duffy every way we could. Whether the killer was connected to the club or an outsider, no efforts would be spared to unmask him. Most like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I think Dance is adding one or two flourishes. Uh, I like as, as we, I love them, yeah. They're very, very good. Steve's so there we agent, are. There's social distancing. That was good of him. Very early example of it. Well it was, yeah. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport.
Talks me and Jacobs here on TalkSport. Steve Nicholl joins us a little bit later on. Don't forget Goffey and Adrian up at four-wheel drive. Now, it's one of the great frustrations of compiling any uh, sticker collection, any Panini uh, sticker book. Um, mm. Just being left one or two short. Doesn't matter how much got, got, haven't got you've done in the playground. There's one or two <laughs> you just cannot quite nail down. And so uh, as the years go by, uh, you probably forget about it. And in this case, in this story... Um, I think 41 years had gone by and uh, John Moore, a Spurs supporter, now 52, uh, had probably thought the 79 collection would never be completed. But in lockdown, that has all changed. Um, and uh, that's courtesy of his uh, daughter, Lauren. Uh, we're going to speak to them both now. I will kick off with John, I think, to get a bit of the backstory. Uh, good afternoon, John. Good afternoon. So, yeah, well, this is a lovely story. So, as I said, you'd probably given up. Did occasionally you did you occasionally think, you know what, I might try and track down the remaining stickers myself, or had or you, or you given it up as lost? No, uh, the, the book used to come out occasionally, um, but I think since we moved, it had stayed in the loft for uh, quite a few years. Um, and then, fortunately, because BBC have been doing the reruns of Match of the Day, Mm. Um, and um, obviously, like Lauren works for um, BBC Radio London um, in the sports section. Uh, so it was a case of uh, looking at some of the old matches, the old names there that were going past. And I thought, I know what I can show her. And I thought, I'll, I'll have a look, look around the, uh, the loft and um, had a dig through. Half an hour later, came out with uh, some of my old um, football memorabilia. And um, I still had a couple of the sticker books uh, from when I was in secondary school. Right. So uh, out they came, um, showed Lauren, went through the names, and um, obviously there was a few blanks in there. And um, and then sort of the, the rest is history. So although it didn't actually take a total of 41 years to complete, it did. It was sort of accelerated from, from sort of 40 <laughs> years later that um, within the last couple of weeks, um, she managed to actually track down the, the missing stickers. Yeah. Yeah, we ought, we ought to ask her because there were 11 missing stickers. And uh, who, who is Lauren there? Who was the most elusive? So the most elusive. Actually, the most the difficult one was the Crystal Palace bunch. I struggled to find that. And when I finally found it, it was up as, as a bid. And there was me and someone else bidding against each other, having, having a bit of a, a virtual fight over this sticker. <laughs> And um, and uh, eventually I, I won it, but that was definitely the hardest to find and the hardest to get. Well, were they difficult to track down, Lauren, these? I mean, did it take a fair bit of detective work or did you find just kind of going onto eBay and putting the player's name in 79, there were options there? Yeah, I mean, eBay was, was the main thing I used. And I'd mm. say about half of them would literally took seconds to find. Yeah. There, was, there was just a, a few more um, that I had to find separate sellers for. So I type in the name of the player and the team, the book, the year of the book and, and track them down from individual sellers. But, but they, they were just as good. They all got delivered just in time. So, yeah, they a great project I took up. How much did you know about Panini's <clears throat> stickers, Lauren? Do you, I suppose there was the equivalent when you were growing up. You sound like you're sports mad as well. But were you aware of this whole sort of got-not-got culture? Yeah, I was aware of it because when I was younger, which is <laughs> pretty much everyone sound old, 2007-2008, I, um, I collected match attacks in school. So I do all the swappings and the same sort of thing in there. And, um, and my dad told me about his sticker books, which is sort of the same concept, but instead of having plastic sleeves to put the, the cards in, 
it'd be stickers instead. So he'd, he'd shown me them a few times, and but not since I was an ad- adult. So I'm 22 now, and he got them out again. I thought, now since I have my, my own job, my own money, I might as well go out and surprise him and treat him to the stickers he's missing. Do you remember some of the other players you had to track down as well? Yeah, because I, um, I had three badges, which was the Crystal Palace, Newcastle, Morton, and it was a, a fair few of the, the Scottish players were missing. Um, right. From There was two from St. Mirren, um, Partick Thistle, Motherwell. And then Chris Garland, Bristol City, um, Ian Bailey, Middlesbrough, Bobby McDonald, Coventry City. Wow, fantastic. You'd have to get them all around for dinner after lockdown. Or it'd be, it would be lovely, wouldn't it? So they're all still with us. But get, get, would, get, would be get nice. All, get, along with the com- complete Morton and Crystal Palace and Newcastle teams, obviously. If we're do it properly. <laughs> we, we'd love that. So, uh, John, it must have been great for you. So had, Lauren obviously kept this a surprise. And then how did she present them to you? She didn't stick them in the book. She gave you the pleasure of doing it, did she? Um, she did that, yes. Um, it, it was actually surprising. Um, the, uh, the the 41-year-old glue on the back of the stickers had actually welded the paper to the back. Oh, right. So it, it, it took a very carefully placed fingernail to gradually pick them off. And um, and then I, I did have to use a, like a, a well-known brand of um, stick then to, to actually uh, yeah. paper stick them on into the book but uh, I think I've done a good enough job that nobody would ever know which, which ones were uh, the, the missing ones for 40 uh, odd years No, oh, brilliant Now John you're a big Spurs fan we hear and uh, was that the sort of when you were young and collecting was that the first team you wanted to get the thing filled in or did, it not, did you not approach it that way? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I think from uh, the the football '79, it was always. I mean, probably the same for everybody's uh, team. Um, it was always the, the first thing was to get your team completed and then concentrate on the others. Um, fortunately, I, I started off with football '79. Uh, football '78 would have been so good because Spurs were in the second division, so I'd have only had two cards to collect. Um, but. Uh, Actually, I've got the football 80 book and there's the 81 and 82 somewhere. But obviously, with the amount of stickers, uh, you need to be adding them at such a rate that um, before you know the year's gone, a new book's out and it's a new set of uh, stickers again. Mm. So I think that's where the books have gradually over the years have sort of fizzled out and um, they've got less and less. So I used to get the Spurs team done and uh, that, that was the end of the book. But uh, I might sort of revive it now. Now we're in lockdown um, because now, now I've got. Uh, I'm, I'm just twiddling my thumbs now. She, uh, Lauren's done the work for me. It'll be the grandkids uh, finding all the stickers for you in about 40 years' time, probably. It, 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 it will be indeed. Yeah. Although yeah, that's the right. Spurs have reached out, I see uh, via social media. Ozzy wants to have a word, doesn't he? Uh, Ozzy Ardiles. So uh, this is not just getting your 11 stickers. It could be a, an audience with uh, Ozzy Ardiles, John, as well. Well, it could be. It could be. I would. I would look forward to that. Um, that'd be a fantastic thing because, obviously, at that period of time uh, when I was at secondary school, um, those those first few years when when Aussie was with the team were yeah. probably the, the the greatest in my memory. Anyway, I've been a Spurs fan uh, with the the cup finals and eventually the uh, the UEFA Cup in '84. So for, for me, it was a fantastic time, and um, it's it's a shame we never quite achieved that. Uh, sort of glory since the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport
uh, time to refocus an occasional series where we dig out an old uh, focus on questionnaire from Shoot Match or 90 Minutes uh, magazine and see how much the player can remember. And this one goes back to uh, 1984. And uh, we tried the other day, we had issues with the line, but I'm very pleased to say he's back with us now. Liverpool defender Steve Nicholl. Good afternoon again, Steve. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, when I said crystal clear, yeah, we will get there in the end. We got some good. I tell you, we always kick off in the same way. Um, what was your What was your fighting weight back in 1984? Did you What did you weigh? Can you remember? Oh my goodness! Um, I think. Oh, thanks. Now you got me here. <laughs> um, do you know? I think I think it was about twelve stone. It's, I mean, it wasn't I just. It, just it, wasn't, it was exactly twelve stone. Yeah, that was. Uh, that, that's what you it were. That's what you did. You play at that for most of your career, then. I did, yes, until uh, obviously, uh, as you do, you get a little more portly and carry a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember what you were driving uh, back in nineteen eighty four as a young Liverpool player? Oh God, was it still? Was it still Hanson's old um, Datsuns? Datsun Cherry, Datsun Sunny. A Datsun, a da- yeah, not even it a was. Nissan, a Datsun Sunny. And you, you bought it off well, of, uh, of Alan Hansen, uh, did you? Yeah, I just passed my test, and he came in one day and said, oh, he passed it away, and I he said, have you got a car? I said, no. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, uh, I'm getting rid of a Datsun Cherry. He said, I'll give you it for whatever. Mm. I think it was £1,100 at the time. Right. I went, I fine. What a dud. <laughs> Four remolds. <laughs> I mean, the thing was shaking. And then I, and I pulled him and I said, by the way, he said, thanks for selling me a, a car with no spare wheel and four remolds. He said, what do you want for 1100 quid? <laughs> oh, dear. So he stitched you up. Oh, big time. Oh, dear. <laughs> As uh, usual. Your uh, your nickname, uh, Steve, can you remember what it was then? Aye, which one? The very first one was Chopsy. Chopsy. That's right. Chopsy. Yeah, can that you came tell- Tell us why. It came from Terry McDermott. Terry McDermott started that. I liked my nosh back then, and I certainly liked my chips. Mm. And so the guy, the, the boys always used to weigh me up. So whenever we were away, and we, we'd sit down for dinner, and whoever was serving us would go around with a huge big bowl of chips and go over your shoulder. And, of course, they all, they all told them not to not to give me any. because I was raging, and I'm screaming, <laughs> give me my chips. And Terry Mack Terry Mac thought it sounded like chops. So because it, chips sounded like chops, the pronunciation, you became chopsy. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it would have been a lot easier to call you chipsy, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> wouldn't have been as good. Too easy, that. Um, who was your favourite, <laughs> your football hero of childhood? Can you remember what you might have said then in 84, Steve? Oh, easy. Willie Henderson for Williams. Rangers. I was a Rangers fan. Yeah, Willie Henderson. Easy peasy. Uh, well, you've got to remember, when I was filling this in, hmm. it was the very first time that I'd been asked to do it. And, of course, growing up as a kid and getting the shoot, I mean, it was big time. It was like, this was fantastic. I'm actually going to be in the shoot. Yeah. So I, 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 I was mm. taking this dead serious. And then I found out later on, the older you got and the more you did it, the lads obviously, you know, depending on what mood you were in, whether you filled it in properly or not. Mm. So all these answers I've put in were absolutely, I actually thought about them all. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> whereas down the line, some of the older guys you go, I just, you just put in for a laugh. 
<laughs> so I, I'm going to remember most of these. Yeah, but you're dead right. serious about it because well, you're doing I very this was well. Absolute big time. You are doing well. Uh, superstitions? Did well, you? Did you? What superstitions did you have? Can you remember? Oof, I've got a million of them. Well, well that's what you said. You said far too many yeah, to mention many. them all. So was there? Was there one? Was there a couple that stand out? What, what was your things? No, they would change. They would change all the time, mm. and sometimes I'd forget about them, and then realise that I hadn't done it when it was too late. <laughs> I mean, they're just just silly things, just just daft things. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm, you know, putting your right boot on one day hmm. and playing well. Yeah, I'll need to remember and do that next week. Things like that. I mean, just so many. Yeah. And then you'd lose with the right boot, and you'd go on to the left boot. So they would they would change a lot, would they? You say? <laughs> well, the thing is, you would it would take if if you had a game on a Saturday, you didn't have another one to the following Saturday. Then you'd have forgotten all about it the following Saturday. <laughs> so you'd move on to something else. Just just daft stuff. Um, now this is an interesting one. Favorite actor and actress. Can you remember what you might have said? <laughs> I know the favorite actor, Will Hay. Yeah, let's look. Yeah. Let's confirm that. You're going to like this. Have a listen to this. Here, up, up, here. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Here, here. What, what day? This is our last. If we don't get this thing shifted, it's the nineteenth. See what it says here. On April the nineteenth, summertime will start. Clocks should be adapted accordingly. They are. I think we got lots time. Yeah, it's quite correct. Hey, that's addressed to me. Yeah, that's right. Well, what's the idea of opening my letters? Well, I couldn't have told you who it was from if I hadn't opened it. Well, if you should, you'll leave my letters alone, will you? There we are. Uh, oh, Mr. Porter. <laughs> Why are they speaking so quickly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Willie. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Well, they're very fun. They still, I've watched a couple of batteries. They still stand up. They're mad. They're more merry at the old boy and Grand Moffat. They're very funny. Uh, they're, they're still well, good. I've not seen it for years. Yeah. I, could, I couldn't even guess what the woman was. Well, um, Shirley MacLaine you went with. Oh, hi, Shirley MacLaine, yeah, hi. Yeah, yeah. okay, well, it's yeah. a little nod of uh, memory. TV shows, Stevie, what did you like, telly-wise? Um, well, it's got to be Only Fools, I would think. Well, I think it's at 84. I mean, no, it's maybe pre-date, it might predate that, possibly. I don't know, I'm trying to think. Um, I'll tell you what, what, what it was a soap. It, yeah. I can tell you it was a soap opera. Soap opera. Oh, it'd be Corey back in East. It was oh, Corey. Corey Nation Street. Yeah, ah, yeah, yeah, it was Corey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. well, that's and a bad thing. Just imagine a Brookside. Also, you, you like Brookside later, did you? Yeah, well, obviously. I used to live around the corner from where they used to film it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you never got a guest Crossy appearance Park. in. Did you like Graham Soonis in Boys from the Black Stuff? Or a couple of the boys were in that. Kenny was in that as well, wasn't he? Did you ever get... Yeah, him and we, Sammy. Sammy Lee yeah, was in it course, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, he knew the producer. That was a... Oh, okay. Oh, um, I see. <laughs> music. Now, this is interesting. Favourite musicians. Can you, you come up with three names. Can you remember what you might have said? 84. Well, it would be Rod Stewart. Yeah, and the, yep. the group would be the Undertones. And uh, I can't... The other one, I don't know. Well, look, do you know what? It says status quo, you said, but I think Shoot made a mistake or they misheard you or they didn't read your <laughs> writing because it doesn't say the undertones. Uh, it, it says this band. Have a listen to this. Now, that's Underworld, Steve, and that's what they've put here. Status quo, Underworld, and <laughs> Rod Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say, I have no idea who that is. 
<laughs> yeah, it's not my perfect cousin. Certainly, we got that one yeah, wrong. My, right. not, my rating's not very good. Back, well, it's still not very good, but certainly it wasn't back then. <laughs> That's probably uh, what it was. Favourite other sports person? Who did you go with? Do you remember what you might have said? It went to one of your hobbies. It fed into one of your ho- one of the hobbies you like to do as well. Another sport. Give you a clue. Be for it would be snooker. It'd be the, it'd be Jimmy White or Alex Higgins. Uh, with the one of these two. I played. Yes. I was playing some snooker back then. It was Alex Higgins. I'm a bit of a snooker fan. Yeah. And I love watching the Hurricane in action. Yeah, no, he's he was fantastic. Oh yeah, it's a great show. Yeah. And do you still play? Do you get a chance to play over there? Do you play a bit still or not? A bit of snooker. No, not at all. No, oh, I didn't. I didn't last long in the snooker. I'd, a lot of the lads when I went down to Liverpool to begin with. Yeah. Having nothing much to do in the afternoon, a few of the lads were used to go to a place called the Pembroke Club where they'd snooker tables. Hmm. So that's kind of where I, I did that for probably about twelve months and, and kept going now and again. But but then later on, I ended up playing pool all the time with my mates. Bob actually played for the pool team in the pub. It's funny that. Can you imagine today? Do you think any of the Liverpool players on a Tuesday night go and play for the, the local pub pool team in the pub league? <laughs> no. It does, it does seem unlikely that, that Mo Salah pops down there and, play, and plays for the local pub team. Probably plays for the Domino's team, I would imagine, Mo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know Big Yan used to as well. Big Yan used to play for his pub team as well at pool. Really? Uh, your ambitions, though, is interesting. You said ambitions for 84 to an irregular place in the Liverpool team. Well, you did that and you won the European Cup. And long-term ambition to have regular success with Liverpool. And blimey, you did that. So it must have been an amazing time, this. I mean, right at the start of your career with Liverpool, very early days. It's, it's an amazing time looking at it now and thinking mm. about it now. Because at the time, you're too busy... You're too busy trying to be part of it. You're too busy trying to get in the team. You know, you're expected to win every single time. You're too busy doing that. You'd, when you're there and when you're doing it, you, you really don't get a chance to reflect on it, which is probably a good thing because if you sat down and start thinking, well, hold on a minute, I'm playing for the best team in Europe. I'm getting a game. We're winning this. We're winning that. I must be pretty good. Yeah. You know, that, that, that kind of... that was. It was actually the opposite of that. Every day, every, pretty much every day, you were striving to, to do well. You know, it was important to do well in training. And obviously, the better you train, the better you play on a Saturday. So, you, you're, you're too busy doing it. Yeah. It's, it. The enjoyment, really, is not until later on. Certainly after you you go elsewhere, it starts. you start thinking about, well... Because when you're at Liverpool, and when you're, I was 19 when I went to Liverpool, mm. uh, and I'd been playing part time, and so everything that happened to Liverpool for the for the decade and whatever I was there, I thought that's what happened at every club. I thought that was normal, <laughs> and it's not until you go somewhere else yeah. and you go to a couple of different clubs, you go, well, hold on a second. Yeah, this is completely different than yeah. what Liverpool was. Mm. And then you start, then you start realizing all the things that happened to you at Liverpool that mm. you don't even know are going on. Yeah, you know, we talk about the Liverpool way. It's not, it's not like you sit down with a manual and read it and then you take it in. It's something that just gets it soaks into you as you're there and and as you're going along. 
Yeah, amazing stuff. Well, before we let you go, um, you did a, 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 a turn a little while ago. We, uh, I think we can play the original clip. We had a clip of Tony Cascarino talking to Georgie Bingham, and uh, they had a music quiz, and uh, this was Cassie's answer to one of the questions. Come on, you I can know. do it. Come on, play, turn it on oh, now. It, um, I don't want to give him the answer. Lies, tell me sweet little lies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Um, you got the song title. That was. Cat, it's one of the most, one of the best I bands know. ever. Is it Nicky? What's the lead singer called? <laughs> Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks. That's, that's it. Stevie Nickel. We were thinking Stevie Nichol was never the lead singer of Fleetwood Mac, but we and I said uh, I can't remember, we had this crackpot idea. We said see if Stevie Nichol will come on and sing a um, a, uh, a, a Fleetwood Mac song for us. We all thought no, he won't do that, will he? Well, you did. Let's remind people. Don't stop thinking about tomorrow. Don't stop. It'll soon begin. It'll begin. Beautiful, Steve. Well, a fantastic voice. Do you know? Do you know the voice amazing? It's just typical. <laughs> you know when you're actually singing along yourself and getting yeah. it large, you think you're good, <laughs> and then you actually hear. You actually hear what you sound like. I mean, how bad is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good man. Well, look, Steve, you're a great sport. Brilliant. Keep safe, and uh, thank uh, you for joining us. All the best. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. It's a eclectic tastes, old uh, Steve Nichols. It? A bit of Will Hay and not the undertones, as we discovered. <laughs> I love not that the bit. world, as we discovered, <laughs> but the undertones. <laughs> Nothing like a typo coming back to haunt you about 30 years later. Fantastic. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. OK, we're back good. tomorrow. All Marty good. joins us. Martin Kellner. We'll have the clips of the week, lots of other stuff. Uh, keep safe, and we will catch up with you then. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.